awesome. All right, give it up for your next comic. Coming all the way to us from Portland, Oregon. All right, she hosts a great uh, show in Portland. Uh, it's called uh, Minority Retort. Everyone, nice and loud. For Julia Ramos. Thank you. Deja vu. <laughs> Just here. Uh, this show's called Oh My DUI, and you guys, which one do you want to hear about? <laughs> 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 There's two. <laughs> yeah, the second one. Oh, it's so, yeah, it's a good one. It's the best one of all of them, that's for sure. Um, so for the second one, I do have to give you a little bit of background on the first one. I got the first one in 2009, and uh, I had been drinking all day, as you do. <laughs> I had my, uh, my bank job at the time, and I was actually so good at my job that I was like, I can do this drunk. That's no big deal at all. <laughs> It was a slow branch. I justified it well. <laughs> and I remember, I do remember there was this one time this guy uh, came in and I did my job and uh, returned later on that day. And I was like, wow, twice in one day, what are you doing? He's like, he gave me the receipt that I had handed him. And I had taken a $300 check and turned it into a $30,000 check. <laughs> the bank fired me. I never even saw it coming. I don't know. <laughs> um, I was like, you could have been rich. This was your moment to take that. So I'd actually been drinking. <laughs> that was my bad. You know, I get one of those. Um, I'd been drinking all day long, and I went and met a friend in downtown Portland, which now I drive by all the time. I was like, I don't know how I could have gotten lost, but I did. We went to dinner, and it was in December, and it was had been snowing all day long, and there, like, everything stops for the snow. And so uh, everybody was at this place where we were at. We were going to get dinner and a drink, right? Not a big deal. And so I remember I was waiting there, and because they were so busy, um, I ended up not getting dinner until, like, I mean, we had been there for about an hour and a half, two hours. So on top of drinking all day long, I had drinks there. And that was like, on. Good evening and welcome to Old Soul Radio. I'm your host, Professor Gable. And I'm Jima. And tonight we have a very special guest in the house. We're very honored to have the one and only Mike Mizad. How you doing, sir? I am doing great. Feeling great. Man, we're glad to have you here, man. Um, glad to be here. So we want to talk to you about your new album, Grown and Sexy. But before we get into that, I just I was wondering if you'd be okay with sharing with our listeners a little bit of kind of your story, where you're from originally, and how you started doing music. Okay. Um, my name is Michael Marshall. I was born and raised in Berkeley, California. I'm mm -hmm. a uh, an old hippie. <laughs> um, I I got into music. Um, you know, through the church. My mother was a um, choir director, and my grandmother was a choir member. Um, as I got, was when I was younger, my mom says that I was at the choir rehearsals, so I got to listen to a lot of music as a kid, mm. <clears throat> which kind of, uh, I guess, locked me in with music for the future. Mm -hmm. So uh, I started singing um, in the the junior choir as a kid. Um, Mom's had a little group of me and my brothers and sisters and we would sing at the church for the holidays for the Christmas and the Easter things so people got to see us do our thing so when it was time to pick um, soloists for some of the songs um, Colin Mike was was a thing to do Wow! so I, when I got into the high school I joined the uh, adult choir and I started working with a guy named uh, Bobby Lyons 
and mm. I, I I credit him with with just teaching me uh, um, my love for harmonies wow. uh, and gospel chords. Bobby Lyons, okay. Mm, he's a uh, he was a choir director for the choir at Ephesians Church of God in Christ. It's a Kojic place. Um, wow. Yeah. So after singing in church and playing a trumpet and trombone in school, I kind of was drawn to singing, so I, I got in a couple of talent shows. First one wasn't so good. They they wasn't really ready for me singing a gospel song at a junior high. <laughs> I mean, but that's all I knew at the time. Right. So um, I, I tried it again when I was in high school, and I sang a James Ingram song. Because um, wow. before that, I was kind of, it was kind of like only gospel music at the house, right? Mm-hmm. So um, as I got older, I, I got to sneak away and hear different things on the radio. And so his voice and Marvin Gaye's voice kind of stuck out to me. Oh, okay. <clears throat> wow. So I uh, started singing uh, in the choir, getting more solos. So that made me sing around school. So people knew that I was singing because I sang in the talent shows and mm-hmm. won them every time I did it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so everybody knew I sang. So there was a group called the Mixologists. It was an after-school club okay. of DJs, and uh, uh, we were priding ourselves in... In Berkeley? Yeah, Berkeley High School. Okay, yeah. cool, I went cool. to Berkeley High School. Okay. And uh, we would get together, spin records, and talk about records. Uh, we were big Prince fans, big wow. time fans, mm-hmm. that whole Minnesota thing we were big fans of. Um, so we fooled around music a lot, so I used to hang out at this guy's house out in West Oakland, Marcus Thompson, mm-hmm. and uh, he wrote lyrics. Okay. Uh, and it was just a habit, a hobby. He just did it, and we didn't know what it was about or didn't even trip. It was just something that Marcus did. I, thinking back on it back then, I never put it together with music. It's just like the dude was writing lyrics. So, okay, what is he, a poem writer or whatever? It's all good. <laughs> I was at... <laughs> I was at... Performing? No, he just would have... He had a, a, a notebook like you rappers be having of just lyrics. Yeah. <laughs> waiting to find music to put the lyrics to. Right. And see, I write the other way around. I find music and make lyrics fit it, right? Mm-hmm. I learned that later in life. But at that time, like I say, I wasn't really interested in it. So he had some lyrics, and I came home from school one day. I was going to a Laney College, mm-hmm. and I was taking a piano class, right? Um, and I had been doodling with the medley from Michael McDonald's, I Keep Forgetting. Mm-hmm. I keep forgetting I'm not in love anymore. Mm-hmm. Well, the bass line from that, I was practicing on the piano. So when I got home, I kept doing it. Okay. And uh, Marcus kind of liked what I was doing, so I continued to do it until I kind of made it into a song. There was mm-hmm. a verse part, and then there was the hook part, right? You know, kind of rounded over into things. I knew that much right. about music. So he asked me to uh, sing those lyrics over this music. So it took a while, because I didn't really know how to, you know, take lyrics and sing them, but I yeah. did it and and then we finally got to a point where we liked it and, and that was Rumors from wow. the Atomic Social Club in 86. That's amazing. So that's how that really came together. Yeah. And this is this is fresh out of like choir so you're saying you you were having like trouble from, like figuring it out and you're like oh like was it just a breakthrough from like you know like the kind of music you've just been doing that whole time? Well before that I, I wasn't doing any music I was just singing in the choir yeah. up until I was 16 so by the time I was doing this I was in junior college so I was like 18 or 19. So yeah, in between that 16 and 18 and 19, that's when I got to hear more and more music that wasn't secular music, music right. that wasn't gospel. And uh, so I was really into it. I mean, we really played a lot of singles. We would get a lot of singles. 
I don't know where we were getting. I don't know if we were getting them in the mail or we were going to the record stores buying singles. We got a lot of singles, and we were, like I said, we were really into the mini, Minneapolis thing. So that's how we came up with the name Timex Social Club. Timex. Okay, so we did this song, right? We right. did it. Rumors, right? yeah. And, and we did it onto a four track. Okay. Right? And uh, like I said, I had sang in the talent shows. Yeah. So I'm one year out of high school, so I'm a journalist. Uh, student at, okay. at Laney. So Laney. I go back to cover the basketball team because I, I got a radio show up at Cal. Okay. A sports show. It's right. called The Final Score. Okay. This was back in the 80s. I, I think I was the first with that yeah. final score thing. So um, <laughs> we started... Um, oh, I lost train of thought of what I was talking about. What were we talking about? That song. Oh, the rumor. You oh. were talking about rumors. You had the radio station. You were so doing we, journalism. So we put the, put the little demo thing on a four track. And like I say, uh, I went back to school because I was writing, so I was there. So they had talent shows, even continued to do them, right? So I asked if I could uh, be in that year's talent show because I had won them all before. So she was like, no, you don't go to school anymore. But hey, if you want to do some, um, you know, just like a, a three or four minute thing while the judges tally up the scores of the people who are in the contest, you can do that. Mm -hmm. So when they all finish and the judges are making their thing, you guys come out and do what you're gonna do. What you guys gonna oh, do? Just yeah, yeah, we're gonna perform this song we wrote. A song you wrote? Yeah. Okay, so we came out there with fake guitars and uh, a drum. One of my buddies had a drum around him and we called ourselves the Time Act Social Club, right? Mm -hmm. A play on words from the time. And the time members were like Jellybean Johnson and couple of other guys who were pretty popular we just pushed those names around like it was supposed to be a joke it was supposed to be comedy relief but then we did the song and the kids went crazy they loved it right so there was a guy there who worked in the African American Studies Department and he was uh, going to school at Cal he told us he wanted to take the four track tape to on summer vacation to let some of his friends listen to it in New York because he thought it was a good thing and maybe something could happen of it we weren't tripping all we did was just make this little joke song about spreading rumors, <laughs> where we mentioned Michael Jackson. And so you didn't really know, you didn't really feel like it was going to take off the way no, that it did. It was, it was a joke song. Wow. But uh, people liked it, and it was very relevant, right? Mm -hmm. Timeless, relevant. Absolutely. So uh, we ended up. Uh, he came back from the summer and told us that uh, he had some people who were interested in it. Wow. And there was a guy from Vallejo named Jay King. Uh, who paid for us to go to the studio to record it in 24 track? Okay. But he brought along some uh, producers to you know try to fatten up the track because, like I said, we only had it on four track. Right. They wanted to make it better, so mm -hmm. Denzel, Denzel Foster and Thomas McElroy, they're the producers of um, In Vogue and Tony Tony Tony. Okay. So they worked with us first. Worked with me really. So they <laughs> took the melody that I put down and then made it bigger. So then they were able to press that. And it kind of took off from there. So who else is in the Timex Social Club? The Timex Social Club was me, uh -huh. a guy named Marcus Thompson. He wrote the lyrics. Okay. And then there was another buddy of ours who was a DJ at the time for a very popular DJ um, group who do parties around the Bay Area and Berkeley and Oakland. And that's where we went. So his name was Alex Hill. So oh, he had okay. an 808. He had a Juno 106 uh -huh. and a couple of other keyboards. He had a... I think it was a Mr. Bass. These were all MIDI machines that wow. could be manipulated. So he knew how MIDI worked. So he took what I did and put it in the MIDI system so that all these parts would play together. Right. And he put a few filler things, like that thing that happens rumors that 
He had those kind of feels. But everything else was pretty much basically the same thing. But he filled it up. So he became a writer too. So he was in the group with us. So it was Marcus Thompson, me, and Alex Hill. Okay. Then we ended up having to go on the road to perform the song. That's a whole nother story. So we needed another guy to kind of be on stage because I'm the only one singing. So we needed something to make it look better. So my boy, Kevin Moore. Okay. He came into the group. We all went to high school together. So it was us four, and we had a little manager, so we was trying to wow. do some things. That's good. And you're, you're going around California with that, too? No, no, we just, we weren't doing shows uh, for that song. Like I say, we just really wanted the disc. We were DJs, mixologists. Right. So to have our own record that uh-huh. we could play, that's really why we did it. We weren't uh, tripping okay. on making money. Like we say, it was a joke song. Right. But this guy paid for the studio time, so we were into that. But did you have other songs, too, that you were working on, or was you were just pushing this one at the time? Well, Marcus, like I say, he had tons of things written. Right, So right, he had right, a bunch right. of lyrics, so he probably was trying to get me to sing on some of those. And I mm-hmm. remember some, some other songs that were kind of... Uh, kind of joke songs but kind of relationship songs too like Rumors Mm -hmm. was a thing that he put together about people at our high school Mm -hmm. and what people thought about people but was really going on did you hear that one about Tina some say she's much too loose that came straight from a guy who claims he tasted her juice Mm. that was about a girl who was a cheerleader at our school named Tina Jackson Mm. you know and people would say things about her because she went out with this one particular guy but none of that stuff was true so that's one of the things and then Michael Jackson was (laughs) did you hear that one about Michael some say he must be gay I tried to argue but they said if he was straight he wouldn't move that way you know what I mean (laughs) so it was that kind it was supposed to be a joke thing but it, it kind of took off wow. but the, the touring thing I was talking about was after we kind of fell out with the Jay King guy and another guy came in and then he was trying to push it and he asked us if we wanted to perform at the Raising Hell tour in 86 because okay. he had pull his name was Dave Lucchese he had a label called Dania Dania had uh, the show on it with Dougie Fresh Dania. so that oh, was shit. the label that I was signed to okay. from the beginning uh, he was out of Walnut Creek and he was an A&R guy for Warner Brothers so yeah he had the pull so when those guys came to town he had the pull to get us on so he got us on we did that show wow. Queasy was there Crypto was there you were there yep <laughs> oh, he was there as a kid as a kid before we hadn't even met and wow. uh, that turned into 15 dates on the Raising Hill tour so then that's when we went out across the south wow and this was what year 86 86. Mm-hmm. So you're saying that, but that was a joke song. So like, how, like at what point were you like, well, that's a joke song, but like, let's, oh, know, like, let's, let's do, do some, let's, let's keep doing this and do some work, but do some different, or like, you know. Well, that that never happened. <laughs> well, again, I'm saying we we didn't think this was as a, was a job or a career or a way to make money. It was just right, right. a way to get that disc. Right. And after we got the disc, we were surprised about everything that followed. Right. The first thing that followed. Okay, so jumping back. The song, they press it. Jay King gets it pressed on Jay King Records. And now he's starting to spread it out there. Mm-hmm. The Bay Area won't play it because mm-hmm. you know how the politics are here. Right. They won't play it. Right. But it gets picked up in Texas by a DJ named Terry Avery's at K-Day in Houston. Whoa. And she broke the record. That was the phrase they used back then. Yeah. That means she spun it until other record stations saw what she was playing and started to play it. Because wow. that was uh, one of the stations where people would follow. Yeah. Uh, K-Day. And then all the other stations in between the Middle America coming back this way was playing it because they were playing it. Wow. And then California said, hold up. 
y'all playing that? Ain't they from here? We're going to play it too. Wow. So then when they started playing it. So now it's popular, and this guy, Jay King, is getting calls, probably offering him money, mm-hmm. deals. Can you get an album? Blah, blah, blah. And his response is, I don't have them signed. He didn't have a sign. He never wow. asked a stack because that wasn't on the table. Right. But he eventually came with that, and that, to answer your question, is when we were like, oh, this is real. Right. He said, well, I want to sign you for 10 years and blah, 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 yeah, blah, blah, blah. Like, and we were, high. and like I said, we were mixologists and we followed the music industry, like following Michael Jackson and Prince right. and the things that they were going through with their record labels. Right. All we knew is we didn't want to sign for 10 years with anybody to oh, do yeah, anything. That's, That's all time. we knew. Especially, yeah. So we told him no. He got mad and said he was going to go and start another group. He's like, how are you going to start another group? Everybody know what's up? Nah, we're going to tell them that Timex said we had to change the name, and they ain't never seen y'all. We're going to do somebody else, and that's what he did. That's Club Nouveau. So they were going to say they started another group, oh, but with y'all? Yeah. Okay, okay. Saying it was us still, and we had to change the name, but he actually changed the name and the personnel. Oh. Uh, yeah, so yeah, yes. I hear about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's Club Nouveau. Club Nouveau is the, the swap of the Timex Social Club. So they did uh, songs that sounded like mine's. Rumors is Jealousy mm. from them. Uh, and then I There's a song, song called Jealousy? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wow. You ever heard that song? Club Nouveau? It's, it, was, it was pretty popular. Uh, and then they had another one uh, called Why You Treat Me So Bad, which is uh, a copy of a song I had on my album called uh, Thinking About You. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Why You Treat Me So Bad is the music for I Got Five on it. Wow. Mm-hmm. So that's where they got. That's how they made. I got five on it. Well, I made. I got five on it. You made the. You you, you found the. But I know you made the the hook. But you made the baruntun as well. Well, the, the music. I wrote that music. Wow. And like I say, I it's, it's a it's a copy of a song that was on my album called Thinking About You. So oh, they, they took used it. I took it back when I got five on it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my buddy Tom Capone <laughs> produced that, so he suggested that I come and get involved in the song that these kids that he was working with from Oakland wanted to do, this song about weed. And he says, uh, but they want to use Why You Treat Me So Bad. I said, why don't we just use Thinking About You? He said, let's not fight with them. Let's just get involved. And then now you can get some publishing where you're not getting any publishing for Thinking About You because they're taking your stuff. Okay, wow. so he knew my story, right? <laughs> so um, I said, cool. So I knew how to play it because it's my melody. I made that melody up. Right. Uh, come to think of it, this is a backstory on I Got Five on it. If you're old enough to remember uh, Malcolm McLaren, Mm. Three Buffalo Girls. Three Buffalo Girls go around the outside. Around oh, yeah. the outside. Remember that? I mean, I know about it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> anyway, that song had a bass line in it that went, not a, ba- not a bass line, but it had a noise that he was sampling in. And it said, Bububububup. Bububububup. Are you scratching? That kind of thing. That's what Malcolm McLaren did. It was kind of like this scratching thing. Okay. But that noise freaked me out. So I'm at the house going, but I'm musical. So it's got to change after a while. I can't keep doing the same thing. So I said, and kept going. But you got to bring it back, right? So we just climb the ladder. And then that melody, ding, dong, ding, dong. That's the melody from Thinking About You. Oh, my song. Shit. Ding, dong, ding, dong. That's, That's my crazy. whistle. That's a, That came out of my head. Wow. But anyway, yeah. So I worked with Tone on that song so that I can get involved with I Got Five on it. And then you obviously wrote the hook and yeah, did the hook. Yeah. 
How did that recording session that like what was can you tell us the story of that? Tone was working with uh, these kids from Oakland, Nam and Yuck. Mm-hmm. Um, Loonies. And they would be in the studio, and Tony always had good weed. So they would be there hanging out, smoking weed, stealing doobies, and trying to do their thing. Mm-hmm. But then they came with an idea, and they wanted to make a song about weed and buying weed uh, and use that melody. So Tone had me come in and play it again. And then they showed me what their lyrics were. And their lyrics were, I got five on it. Mm-hmm. Blah, 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 blah. So blah, blah, blah. Something... It was, it was too much for the phrase, so okay. they let me edit it. Okay, so then okay. we ended up with the the shorter phrases. I got five on it. Grab your foal. Let's get kicked. I got mm. five on it. Messing with that indoor weed. I got five on it. It's got me stuck, and I'm told back. These are their lyrics. Mm-hmm. The, the, as we continue on, I okay. got five on it. Play a let's go half on a sack. So mm-hmm. the collaboration was dope. But I told them as soon as I finished recording that, I was like. This is a hit. Yeah. What you're talking about is off the hook. Yeah. Because we all get down like that. Yeah. We're going to call three more guys to go get a sack of weed. That's how it's going to go down. Yeah. And the melody, I I had always loved that. So I was like, this is a hit. Yeah. Nobody, nobody was telling me when I said that. They didn't think it was going to be a hit? Not the producer, not the rappers, not the money guys, nobody. I was the one who called that. That's crazy. And then how long after that did it come out? Was it with the album? Did it come out as a single? It definitely came out as a single. Yeah. I remember being at the house and it came on the radio and somebody called the house where I stayed at and we turned the radio on and I heard it for the first time. Wow. Recorded it actually. Wow. Like I told you. <laughs> now back then, I didn't say anything at that time. I just was surprised that it was on the radio. I was like, whoa, so what's going on? That's when my mind was like, so oh, I see. did they get my credits? My part? What's going on? I haven't been paid for that session yet. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, that That's kind crazy. of thing. Wow. Well, you know, we get a lot of like rappers in here, and uh, you know, we ask about their writing process. But can you talk about you know you write hooks? Yeah. Right. So like, can you talk about the difference in like process of like how you write a hook and what's something important in writing a hook that maybe some people you know kind of overlook? Or... That's a good question. I think the thing that I do, like I mentioned earlier, I don't write lyrics unless there's music. Right. Because the music's supposed to hold the lyrics, so I need the the bread first, and then I can try to fill it in. So with me, I need to have a beat that I can feel, in the sense of it needs to go somewhere. It needs to be here for the verse part, and then go to another part, which is clearly different than the verse part, which will be the chorus, and the chorus is where I would write in. So I would always want to know what the theme of the song was, so then I can surmise that theme in the hook. Um, and then I would, either they would tell me what the theme was or the lyrics would already be there for the, the verse. And then I would surmise from what they were rapping about what should be right there. Most of the times what it was. Sometimes people had ideas for me and then I would sing their stuff. But you could tell the difference between those songs because it don't sound like my kind of, my kind of flow with the way that I do things. It'll sound like it's more, for lack of a better, more of a struggle. Mm-hmm. It might my stuff will seem like it's flowing, whereas the stuff that they wrote it kind of would be like a little struggle. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah, because uh, I was thinking about a quote I heard uh, Fifty Cent said actually he was like you know like every, a lot of people can write verses but not everybody can write a song. Right. Right. You know, so I was just like that difference between like writing a verse and then just getting like all about an idea in one with the hook, you know, and like yeah. just writing the hook, like you know you. Like you feel like you know you might not these might not be your words but like 
just you feel it out yeah. anyway so like, mm-hmm. that's how it's all dependent on that right, right. whether you feel it or, you for know, sure that know. and it's got to be a working melody that i can work with it just can't just be noise it's got to be something that i can sing over because i'm not rapping so that was a, that was a problem early in the day before i even started working with uh, tom capone People will want me to do stuff, but the the music right. just you, wasn't right. You have some musical background. I mean, you said you're taking piano. And yeah, and I played that. trumpet and trombone okay. from the third grade to the ninth grade. Wow. Trumpet and trombone. Could you, could you could you pick it up again? You think? I um, bought a trombone to oh, yeah. uh, play with, but uh, it was hard. Yeah. yeah so it, I've forgotten where the where the slides were, so it was hard trying to find them. And then actually, my lips weren't the yeah, same anymore. Yeah, yeah. And it yeah. was after the accident, so it was kind of hard to kind of make it work. Because, right. I mean, well, I hear trombone is hard anyway. Yeah, it was fun, though. It was yeah, fun. I had a good time. The one thing I remember about playing the trombone is that I didn't realize that horn players can solo. Because I wasn't really watching hell of jazz stuff, so to watch what guys do with solos and all that stuff. Like, I was just now getting into right. secular music, so I was slowly moving towards jazz to finally find it, right? right, right. So I didn't really know about soloing so that was my hard part when I played I can play all the band stuff that we're doing but then they would call me to do a solo and I just didn't understand what I was supposed to do I was like well what notes do I do he said no just for your thing yeah. so I, I didn't know how to freestyle with the yeah. the horn whereas I know how to do it with my voice right, right. you know what I mean I always thought that was weird well yeah I mean you know you build with your voice and I guess you know just the quiet you know, mm-hmm. choir use a choir you know you get that built because if you get that you do that so long you know by the time you know years later you're still gonna feel it you know, right so Mies, I wanted to ask about Grown and Sexy for a minute. This mm-hmm. is the new album. This is um, it just came out last week, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, so can you talk a, just like I want to play the first song, Cole Round here, but can you tell me a little bit about um, how long you've been working on this album, some of the producers on it, or you know what I mean, things that you are excited about for its future? Okay, so I started off as a as a project that uh, Monk. Hard to stop. He 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 was he was at um, Equipto spot and I was there, and uh, he brought a song and let me hear it. And when I heard it, I knew the melody that the song was doing mm-hmm. would fit some other lyrics that I had. Mm, right. Dope. So uh, I was telling him that, and we was talking, chopping it up, and so I sang the idea to him, and him and Queasy was like, "Okay, dang, it kind of nice. fits that." So we got to talking, and he said, "You know." I'd like to do a project with you, man. Just produce mm-hmm. a bunch of beats for you. And I was like, I'd like that too. That'd be dope. Because I, I want to work with, I'd like to work with one producer and just do a whole bunch of stuff that just he does. Yeah. And kind of go with his vibe. Better focus uh-huh, on the whole right? shit, right? And then kind of, I could kind of be guided in the direction of the album but with what he's presenting to me. You know right. what I mean? Uh, so he gave me that one. Okay. I recorded that one, gave it to him. And so... He gave me some other beats to pick from. Okay. And those, I weren't feeling as much as I felt that one. Uh-huh. Uh, and some time went by because I was trying to, I like to live with tracks. Right. Because I live up north, so I can just every day just play it in the garden over and over. And if something clicks, then I'll stop it and go write something down. Mm. But nothing ever clicked for those other ones that he sent me. Then he sent me this other one from his boy Everclear. Mm-hmm. Uh, him and Everclear, I worked on it. And that one was good. I like that one too. Nice. Uh, so I said, this is two that'll fit this project. So the way these songs are going, I think it should be 
let's call it grown and sexy. This is going to be a different Mike Marshall. It's not going to be me doing two verses and then a rapper comes in and right. fills in that third. And then I can't perform this song at shows unless right. I get the right edit. I was talking to Queasy about, I need to get a project that I, it's mostly just me. I, yeah. mean, I can't not have any features, but mostly just me doing full songs. Right. And then I can be able to perform those and right. then that can generate some kind of movement. Whereas the shows I do now, I'm still doing the same old songs from 2005. Right. And one of them I can't even do no more because weed is legal. And I'm just like, what am I? I need some new songs, right? Yeah, <laughs> five on it is not enough anymore. Then. And, you know, I had that time to legalize this marijuana song that I like. Oh, yeah, of course, yeah. And then they legalized it, so I couldn't even do that one no more. <laughs> so I... Um, it worked, though. Yeah. Your song. So then, as time passed, and like I said, this is when... This is like... Easily a year ago. This is when he stayed in Daly City. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, okay. I might have been there, yeah. Yeah, so how was that, a year? At least. Okay, so between when I got that second song from him to now, the communication was kind of off, and I didn't get any more tracks from them. Okay. And so I started pulling in tracks from other people I thought would fit this. Like oh. me and Crypto had a song called Heartache, and it was just sitting out there, and I was like, what? kind of project is this particular song going to go on because the theme of it usually I write songs about relationships right and I ask Queasy to surmise what I said okay so that the the cats the heads could understand what I'm saying right that's what he does this time he flipped it wow. he did it and I needed to surmise what he said that's which dope. was dope because I didn't even know he felt like that about anybody you know what I mean <laughs> so it was dope <laughs> I was like oh shit he's in love too <laughs> Okay. And he put it on wax too. All right, I'm a fix. So that song, I thought that would fit this project, right? Because it was kind of a really deep song. And Hell I pulled yeah. in a couple of other ones. And then as time got closer, I talked to Queasy, and then I brought in some things that were from the past, like some work I did in Germany mm -hmm. that was never released, I never heard. Okay. Trying to find a way to work it into this because, like I say, the lyrics that work for the Monk song, mm -hmm. those lyrics I wrote in '96. Wow, holy shit. And they fit perfectly to this song that he gave me. That's crazy. So and you never put out the song you wrote in 96? It was just some lyrics? Never released, but it was turned as, as a song that I wrote, because I wrote for BMG. Right, right, right. Back okay. when NSYNC and uh, New Kids on the Block were over there. Wow. Signed li lease mm -hmm. license over there. Right. So I was writing for them, because I was from America. They thought that I could help. But they That's never took crazy. any of my beats. Oh, okay. Uh, so I, w I found other tracks from other people. Like, there's a guy from Hawaii who gave me a track... And when I heard it, it fit another song that I did over in Germany in 96. Wow. And it's, uh, that one's called Backstabbers. Yeah, we were just listening to that earlier. It's got the melody from Erica Badu, um, I Got You. Mm -hmm. And the song that DJ Drama gave me had that ding, 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 ding in it. DJ Drama gave you. Oh, okay. Not that drama. His okay. name is DJ Drama with a J. He's from Hawaii. Oh, right, right. right. Not okay, DJ right. Drama. Okay. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that that happened to fit another song. So I just kept grabbing songs um, that I thought were appropriate for this project. Some of them old, full songs old, and and some just lyrics that were done older that mm -hmm. I put on new beats. Um, and then we got, grabbed them up and listened to them, and it was it it made sense. And then. Uh, we finally got it uh, finished. You know, it took some mixing. When you're working with different producers, that's always the issue. You got to wait to get it back. Right. Some songs have been mixed for a long time. Yeah. Just, just waiting. In the emails. <laughs> yeah, just waiting. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, we finally got it all done. And like I say, I, I, I 
got other tracks to fill it in from other people. TD Camp did The Heartache. DJ Drama did um, It Seems and Backstabbers. Mm. My guy, Callie One from Germany, mm -hmm. did um, She Gonna Hate You. Mm -hmm. Oh, man, wait until I tell you the story behind that song. <laughs> we were listening to it in the car, yeah. That's a good song. I'm hoping that song catches on. That That's kind of like rumors. It's kind of timeless. Yeah. But it's it's not preachy, but it ain't talking about nothing... Yeah. That they talking about now, swag and brag and no, take your girl. They don't have none of that, so it might they might not want to hear it, but somebody will. It's a good song. It's a direct message, mm -hmm. and, you know, unrelatable. Yes. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So that being said, how about we get into what, the first song? Cold World. Cold World. I mean, cold, uh, round cold here. out here. Mm -hmm. Cold round here. Mm -hmm. Here we go. Cold round here. Grown and sexy. Enjoy. And they searched him. It's coming. And the
Man, sexy. That guitar was hard. Who did that guitar? That was Blue Luke, the same uh, guy who produced the track. Blue Luke is the uh, musical director for Julian Marley. I met him in Laytonville up in Mendocino. We were in a group called the High Grade All Stars. We did music up in Mendocino. Very dope. So cold round here, just like a quick uh, conceptual explanation of like where is like it. I know it, if you're living in a ghetto, it gets cold around here. So is that talking about Berkeley kind of like growing up? No, just any ghetto. Okay. Um, Andre Nicotina has a song called Bacon Soda. Uh-huh. Uh, and I kind of used that kind of theme of what he was talking about. Mm-hmm. They got Bacon Soda down in Minnesota. Okay. Like it would be an odd place for that to be, but it's there. Monk so, HTS in the building. What's there good? He is. What's up, baby? <laughs> So I, uh, I kind of just continue to sort you out for that because if you're going to hustle from somewhere where you're not, it's probably going to be even colder. But mm-hmm. when you're hustling anywhere, it's always cold because it's, it's a cold world. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, just to remind the guys when you're hustling, did you didn't even forget that it's a cold world, did you? Oh, you're going to take some losses because it's cold out here, blood. It's cold, bro. It's cold. It's freezing. Oh, it's cold. <laughs> so this is the one that's going to crack off. She going to hate you. Yeah. And I fought for that song though. We, we had to dug up, dig up that song because it was only a few that's verses real. left for that. Yeah, what called? Uh, blue, blue, yeah, and that's mm-hmm. a, it was an OG one. But I was always like, what is gonna? What is this gonna be on, Music? I don't know. I it don't was know. for a project <laughs> that it got turned down. Right. It was for like Solo the Bay, and Nick didn't want it. Right, right. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Damn. So some of this is just messed up. All right, she gonna hate you. And who produced that last one? I'm sorry. Uh, blue Luke. Blue Luke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, here we go. You're my flesh and blood, and when you hurt, I hurt too. I can tell by your face that there's a lesson I forgot to teach ya about these affairs of the hearts. Yeah, well, you better let me school ya. The first thing you need to know is that the truth's way better than a lie. flesh and blood and when you hurt I hurt too I can tell by your face that there's a lesson I forgot to teach ya about these affairs of the hearts yeah well you better let me school ya the first thing you need to know is that the truth's way better than a lie
So what's the backstory behind She Gonna Hate You? She Gonna Hate You. All right, check this out. My buddy, Freddie Fisher, has a studio up north, and that's where I do all my vocal work because I don't can't really come down to the bay. I live three hours away up in Mendo. I'm a weed farmer. So he has a studio there. It's quality enough for me to do my stuff and send vocals back. So one day I was there, and he's one of those, those kind of producers who grabs beat offline from different people. And they end up trying to charge you or lease it and that kind of thing. So he grabbed the beat. I liked it. And it fit these lyrics perfect. I wrote these lyrics to that beat. And the beat just made me think of that. I mean, because where would that come from out of, out, of, out of nowhere? If you tell her the truth, she going. I mean, I don't know where that came from. But it came and flooded into my head over that beat. So I'm a professional. I told Freddie. Uh, let's reach out for the dude online who has it so I can get his information and give him publishing splits and the whole thing. 
But when we reached out for him, dude was offering only to lease it and at a certain amount of sales. He wants mm. to be this. I was like, man, what kind of game is this? This is something for rookies. This is something for kids who don't know. No one's doing that. Right. And if you're doing that, you're not winning. You don't lease a beat. Right. Because you have to copyright and register that. How, how are you going to lease a beat that has to be copied and registered? It can't be used again. What, what's right. going on, man? Right, so right, yeah. anyway, uh, so after fighting with that dude, I hit my boy Cali One in Germany because mm-hmm. he's done beats for me before, and he actually did some remixes for Kim Three. He did the remix for Chemistry. Oh shit! So he's dope. So uh, he heard it and he sent me back that beat right there, and uh, it still fit, and uh, he mixed it for me, and it came out good. Um, dope. The yeah, Cali One from Germany. Cali One from Germany. Shout out Germany. Shout out Cali One. Yes, one. Yes, sir. Okay, this one is picking up the pieces. Oh boy. Don't forget to turn it up. I never promised you a rose garden. But you did promise to be true. Look, we gotta go our separate ways. Well, I guess that I look half my life. But pick the wrong girl to make my wife. Put that on me
<laughs> You're welcome back to uh, uh, Old Soul Radio. That's it. Uh, okay. oh, we're, gonna, we're gonna record that. That's our drop right there. Question <laughs> mark. With a question. Old Soul Radio. With a question. Is that we are? <laughs> picking up the pieces, man. So picking up the pieces. I've noticed that like a lot of these songs are uh, love songs, kind of. You know what I mean? So I was just wondering, like, as an artist, you know, or as or for artists, you know what I mean? Like, do you think that that's something that needs to happen to be able to make art, like heartbreak and Whoa. experience? I that? never, wow, that's a deep question. I never thought about it that way. Well, it was produced by Jay Logan. Okay. And I did that after I was married. So it's not about my wife, but those lyrics I wrote in Germany. Wow. Uh, and at, when I was in Germany, I, w I, I had proposed to someone and that didn't work out. Mm -hmm. So uh, I felt that energy when I wrote that. Mm -hmm. But to answer your question, the songs that I remember most from my childhood are the songs that had the chords that tugged at your heart mm. or the stories that tugged at your heart. And then the ones that were really great encompassed both. Wow. When I was younger, you know, it's weird. You can get addicted to anything. Right. At one point in my life when I was younger, I got addicted to being sad. Mm. So I find records that could pull that out just play them and just sit and cry until I fall asleep yeah. type shit. High school, goofy shit, right? right? No dad shit, you know what I mean? Right. If I had a dad, he'd come in the room and be like, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is going on in here? Why do I keep hearing this Roberta Flack song over and over, bro? <laughs> get some cameo up in here. Yeah, get some cameo up in here. Can you play some back and forth or something? <laughs> yeah, but I think that those are important because the songs that last are the songs that are relevant and love's always relevant. Absolutely. And Breakup got is for damn it, it's always relevant mm -hmm. for everyone, too. For everyone, everyone's gone through it. And I like to write songs that everyone can, you know, I, I, I uh, identify with. Mm -hmm. And I think Rumors was a song like that Definitely. still to this day. Mm -hmm. And I think I got five on it was like that. Yeah. And I think um, this song is kind of like that. You know, you pick man, that story is it's, it's kind of chung in cheek picking up the pieces, uh, but it's real. Yeah. Sometimes you can get to the point where you're like, nah, this is not working, and I gotta move on. If yeah. if all we had now is over, yeah, it's time to move on. Mm. It's time to get over you. Ouch. I feel it. God damn. Man, I wonder what Backstabbers is about. Well, Backstabbers lyrics was written in Germany, like I say. I took the uh, sample from In Your Section by Roots. Blink, blink. Blink, blink. You know that song, In Your Section? Yeah. Okay, so I took that groove and used the melody from Erykah Badu, ding, 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 mm -hmm. and wrote my verse with that melody in it, uh, and used the hook from the OJs. Wow. So I was trying to tell stories so that when the hook came, it surmised that. So the, the verses are about something that happened when someone found a backstabber. Wow. Both verses okay. are. Like the second verse is about the two guys who were hustling and he realized his boy was dirty and he didn't know what it was until he went home one night and then he's there with his girl. But now he knows. A player mm -hmm. hater could be right up under you. Okay. A player hater could be right up under you. 
Spotify, we live. Shouts out to the roots, Erica Badu and the OJ. They, they, they smile in your face, and all the time they want to take your place. Backstabbing, smile in your face. That's all they ever want to do. They smile in your face, and all the time they want to take your place. Play your hating, backstabbing, backstabbing.
We back live. That was backstabbers. Um, so I wanted to ask you because it it's come up like at least three or four times now. But uh, Germany, I wanted to inquire what's the connection between like Mizi and Germany. Right. Okay, so it's a party going on. In '96, um, five on is going. Five on is 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 um, doing good. And apparently it's doing good in Germany. So I got word that they needed somebody to help promote the record because it had went to number one. So now everybody wants to see who's done it. But the Loonies were juveniles, young, and had their issues with Fibo. So they weren't going to be able to leave the country as quick as, as they wanted me to. So I went over there, and then I parlayed that into uh, a job with BMG as a songwriter. So I spent three years over there songwriting uh, for artists at BMG. And also for myself, trying to get a record deal over there. Because uh, all my songs went to number one in Germany. Rumors, I got five on it. And then I had a uh, dance track with a guy named Tom Novi called Your Body. Mm. Uh, they all went to number one. So I was like, okay, so there's the chance for Germany to actually see who I am and be here. And I'm, I'm a quote-unquote citizen. Uh, and I'm here. Let's push that. But they, they never got into it. They were really more so than here in America now really into the age, the look, the whole thing. There was only about the gym and the whole, I mean, there was even talk about a six pack. And I was like, that's not gonna happen. It's not gonna happen. Yeah, yeah. Because all the artists over there were doing that. There were a lot of African artists over there who were cut. I mean, like, that's part of the yeah, it's part of the thing. They want to look along with it too. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, that's crazy. What was your reaction to like, Oh, Germany! I'm popping over in Germany. Listen, you know, like oh, it made the world the world smaller. Mm, you know what I mean? Right. It's a small world. Yeah, it, sure. They do the same stuff there. They feel the same way we do. I even I even met some skinheads walking down the street. Uh, followed them and got into a conversation with them. Was surprised to find out they not really tripping on the color. It's more where you're from. And so they're mad at the Turks and the Greeks and the Africans. Uh, they wasn't really mad at the Americans. Plus, the Americans were all military and they're fully armed. So they knew they wasn't gonna mess with them. Not at, not at, as long as I was speaking English, I didn't have no, no problems. Yeah. They're afraid of the Americans. Where were you at, Berlin? I lived in Nuremberg. Nuremberg? <laughs> yeah, and I worked in Munich. Right. Home of those little bears. <laughs> well, that's crazy. Um, let's get to this next one. Tell me. Um, yeah, so let's play this next one, Tell Me, and, uh, and then after we uh, give it a good listen, you can kind of tell us the backstory. You tell us. Tell us. Tell me, grown and sexy. Welcome to the Measy Lounge. Go on and kick your feet up. If there's anything you need tonight, remember, that's what I'm here for. Let me know if you get thirsty, baby I got this ice cold water And if it gets too hot in here I'll turn the air up for you I'm a firm believer, baby In your right to choose So take a moment and think about it And tell me what you like me to do to Baby, you. tell me Tell me how you want it, baby You can tell me Tell me what kind of music, babe, 
that I'll play for you. See, this is where the magic is made, and you can have it your way, I told you. Maybe something nice and smooth, like Luther or Freddie. Come here, baby, let me take that off, and we can start this off slowly. Yeah, we can do it my way, I know that can get you morning, but if you Tell me how you want it, babe We can do this here till the morning Baby, Baby tell me Tell me how you want it, babe You can tell me Tell me how to love you, babe Baby, tell me Tell me is this good enough Or should I, or should I try hard love? You can tell me If you are ready and willing, I got that wet that you can swim in. Desires needing fulfilling. It's not gonna be another night in October when I come over. Come closer, kiss me where my neck turns into my shoulder. You ain't gotta work harder, just smarter and sin and precise. Thank you for the red wine and the soft sheets that I like. The playlist popping like my pussy, and now I'm ready to ride. I've been putting in work at the gym and building strength in my thighs. But first, I need your face between these hips to kiss my other lips. Suck on my clitoris. Let me taste your spit and see how sweet it is. This crystal guy's about to bless. You would see a miss A week ago, sticky, icky, squishy, licky on my splits And to my Milky Way And I'll take you beyond galactic The DB so good, it's making me want no prophylactics And we could role play I always wanted to be an actress If you do me right, I'll take you to new heights of your Baby, climax. tell me Tell me how you want it, baby You can tell me Tell me that shit was crazy. Monk and Everclear, Kayla Love, right? So yes, can you tell you were telling us a little bit. How'd you get linked up with Kayla Love and decide to put her on this project for that? I saw her at a show and uh, she, you know, she kind of got my attention with the things that she's doing and saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought it was unique. Uh, it wasn't over the top. You know, she was doing it, and I thought it was kind of courageous for her to be doing that. So when I got this song and. You know, me and Queasy had talked about, you know, for this, the whole tweak was going to be stop running from the third verse. Go ahead, write something for that instead of calling some rapper to fill in for it. And, you know, and we can keep some. We talked about that earlier, right? Now I got some songs that I can perform without having to have uh, to, to have an edit of it right. or somebody there. So, uh, but I thought that a girl needed to speak to that story of what I was saying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I thought of a lot of people to get. And I thought of some of the people who I thought were more hip hop and more quote-unquote street mm-hmm. i'm not gonna say any of the names that i thought of but right <laughs> but uh, then i thought what she was doing and the way she was doing it 
maybe could get the point across. So, and also, and it's always all the people who I feature, I want to give them an opportunity. All the people who I've featured on my albums are people who, at the moment, I didn't think had nobody had their attention. Right. Most of them. Some of the people are already established. But there are some that I put on like that. That's dope. Because I was feeling them. Okay, dope. Well, shout out to Kayla Love. Yes. Shout out Monk and Everclear. Yes. We're going to talk to them a little later after we play the songs. But yeah, this is the next one. It's called It Seems. Hey, 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 hey. When you lose a loved one, yeah, it seems. That nothing, no, not a thing, could heal the pain or replace memories you had within. Some days you hear the laughter in your mind, wishing you could see them. Oh. One more time, you'd hold them tightly. Oh, and let them know how much you love them and won't let them go. Though the pain is in time, it's not lost and easily found. Ooh, on random days at random time Your ache returns, you start to cry Cause you remember your loved one's eyes In the end, it seems We go on, but does that mean That our love is anything less than what it was back then cause back then ooh, it seemed that our world would never end but life shows up and then we must be strong and move on when you lose a loved one it seems wow that one was heavy yeah, I mean, well, do you have any uh, is there like a brief explanation of that song because I, I felt like that was real uh, <coughs> mood, you know there's a mood right there you know We've had, me and Equipto had a couple of songs that are, you know, like shout outs to the lost homies, the dead homies. But he, and the way he put it this time, he said, we need to do a song about loss. And so I was trying to figure out what angle to come from. And I found that beat from DJ Drama, again from Hawaii. It, it, it sounded appropriate. So then I just started trying to figure out. Yeah, this one was interesting because I, I didn't even consider writing a hook. I just wanted to just write some phrases that were deep and kind of tear-jerky kind of over this melody, right? So I did one, and the very first one was, 
when they bury me easy. That got edited. Because, <laughs> nigga, I started bawling. <laughs> I was like, where are you trying to go, blood? You doing too much. Oh, shit. Yeah, so I had to uh, figure it out. But uh, I got some help from folks on Instagram. They wrote a couple of verses, and I used those uh, intermittently in that. Yeah, I felt like you were, like, writing it, like, in the dark or something. Not really in the dark, in full light, but about... It sounds like yeah, that's, right? that's yeah, an ill one, though. Really? Yeah, it's sitting it does. Like, I didn't feel it like, like you just in the dark. Man, we should do a video. <laughs> like, do you, do you do anything like did that? Did the world hear that? Did, they, did America hear that? <laughs> we have, only have 8 million listeners. Wait, I got an idea. That came from your idea. Okay. You got an idea? I can see what you're saying. Yeah, but do you, like, do that? Like, you're like, you know what? Like, I'm trying to write. Well, that was, I mean, that was big. We've lost some people in between the last song we did for the Dead Homies, so this was kind of like, you know, normally we'd be, it'd be, it'd be different. You've heard those, uh, um, I can't remember them now, but The Beauty, Beauty and Rise. Kim. And then there was one that was on... Um, Keep Rising. Yeah, that Rising. One. And for the homies who passed away, well, yeah, that mm-hmm. was on a, a mixtape. Mm-hmm. But but this one, like I said, it, he it it wasn't about the dome. He just said about loss. Right. So I I just wanted some phrases that spoke to that. And each one of them were kind of in different stages of loss. Because mm-hmm. one of them speaks about years later. Do mm-hmm. you wonder if my love has faded for that person? Because so much time is gone. Wow. But that relationship is just between you and them so yeah. it's not it's not faded but yeah those kind of things I was thinking of and when you end those moments of loss what do you think of at different times and I, I did those seem like some appropriate ones wow that's amazing yeah. who produced that uh, that was a begin by DJ Jama my, with, my a, with a J yeah, yeah. that was dope as fuck uh, what, what do we got next listening to my radio nice and I heard they wanted more Jumping Mom Productions. I was listening to the radio this morning. Hey. And I was listening to my radio this morning. I was listening to my radio this morning. Lord have mercy. Hey, hey. I was listening to my radio this morning. Hey, hey. I was listening to my radio this morning. 
So that song, that's about sort of a real feeling you've had before, right? Like yeah. I'm listening to the radio this morning looking for me. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you summed it up, my guy. That was perfect. And the way you said it, too, with that feeling, I was listening to the radio looking for me. I mean, come on, man. I've been doing this for years, and people like the stuff I do. Why can't you play something else that I'm doing that's not associated with nobody else? It's just they me. They love the stuff right. you do. Yeah. Yeah. Why are y'all playing? Yeah. Because people that, you know, that money. That's yes, what, yep. Who's connected to that big song. Mm -hmm. You ain't, if you're doing it yourself, means you already know. You had to learn, we all learned the hard way. Mm -hmm. But, you know, that's why we got to give hats off to music because Measy was the one that kind of tested the ground for a lot of shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, we didn't experiment, we didn't experience that. Mm -hmm. But through other hardships of artists, you know what I'm saying, our elders and shit, be like, blood, don't do that shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, I learned a lot of that shit through music. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's real talk. Being real to the culture and yourself. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's a crazy Yeah, I didn't even know the message behind that song. Either. I wish somebody had pulled me aside and gave me game about what I was about to get myself into. Mm. But now they looked at me like a commodity and they were like, what can I get out of this cat? I mean, everybody loved me. When I say that, I don't mean like fans and all that. Right. I'm talking about people who started coming into my circle right. and who were kind of on the outside of it for all my life and now all of a sudden they started to pull in closer and it was crazy. Crazy, yeah. baby. Yeah. Like I said, we wasn't looking for the money for it. We just wanted the disc. So at the party, we can be like, we about to play our song, you bitches. <laughs> Put it on. You know what I mean? Our, our record. Yeah. You know? yeah. That would be dope. Definitely. I mean, I actually wanted to ask you about that because you're like, yeah, we're just trying to get the disc. Like, do you find it any more or less? I mean, I want to say satisfying, but I don't know if that's the right word to like put something out. Like, because it's not always like you know, like we're playing it off of, you know, like the whole disc thing. You mean, does he like uh, disc or digital I mean, better? Like, is that yeah, what you're saying? Like, you know, I mean, you know, you looking for, like, do you like either one more, but also like what, like. Oh, the, the different platforms? Output. Yeah, you know, oh. what I mean? like you, you know, you get that disc, but like, well. Well, the CD in your hands is almost the same as the record. Yeah, yeah. but it still feels yeah. good. Still feel good because of something that you did. Yeah. Right, no, yeah, it's not yeah. the difference of the thing. No, no. Right. But it's still, if, if it was in a splash drive, it would be that. That's my shit. I did that. And it's yeah. finished, so now y'all can hear it, that kind of thing. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? But uh, to keep it real, to keep it a billion, the thrill is gone. Mm. I don't trip. I do this from, from me now. I'm not tripping. Yeah. I'm trying to get folks to listen to it. They listen to it. But I, I'm past that point of, check my shit out. Mm -hmm. I'm tired of that. You can take so much, only so much rejection in your life. Mm. I've been doing this since 1986. Wow. And all they told me was no. Mm. Even rumors was a no. Like I told you, they didn't play it here. Houston had to play it to force them to play it. Wow. And I don't know what happened when I got five on it. Probably dope money. I don't really, really, really know. <laughs> <laughs> but you can't just say it was a dope song, nigga. All the, not that's gonna sound crazy, but my shit's dope. I'm saying <laughs> folks <laughs> like it and it's relevant. Why won't you play it? Hell yeah! Instead, they're gonna play some. I mean, some really outlandish <laughs> stuff is being played, man. For a lot of years, man. A lot of years of some really outlandish, um, ill-constructed, 
whack timing. They're always mm-hmm. throwing Measy the fucking boomerang yeah. or some bullshit. It's always you know what some what tweak. Like, it's always some whoopity whoop. It's all like Measy ready, you know, like he ready has the credentials. You know what I'm saying? Like so it is that I can only imagine, like you said, yeah. like done trying to shove it in your I'm trying I'm I'm done with that. He How come you ain't get here? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, it, it That's real tough. It's not cause like of course everybody's talented, but that hook, bro, it's that hook. Yeah. Right. It's the hook. Period. If we sing the and hook. The melody you feel me? The song, you man. Yeah. And the melody too. That's thirty years old. You know what I'm That's me. That's <laughs> what you gonna tell me. Credentials, man. They still play they say it's one of the uh all-time Bay Area top 100 songs. Definitely, and, and the greatest weed, weed song, song ever. Oh, yeah. for real, the weed song is a rap. Well. They say yeah, that on Drink Champs, too, right? That shit that yeah. travels over to the east is a weed. Before I got five on it, our weed song was... Yeah, I saw that. Uh, Fabby sent it to Fabby me. Fabby, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Fabby sent it to me. But that, the one before that was uh, We Smoked Two Joints Before We Smoked Two Joints. Oh, so right, that was right, a big right. song here in the Bay Area because they played it every Friday. They, they you remember right that? They're from this hill right yeah. here. Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. Well, not this particular block. You know, 22nd. More like two blocks. The next block. I didn't know that. Next block. The hogs, the 22nd yeah. Hogs, man. Yeah, they were hogs. Wow. Wow. I thought that was a reggae group. Oh, he's talking about... I smoked two joints before I smoked two joints. And then I smoked two more. want to get blunted, my brother. Oh, that's what you're talking about. want to get blunted, my brother. Yo, so this next song... I want to ask a question before we get into this next song. This next song's Heartache, and that's uh, both of y'all, right? Mm-hmm. So real quick, we can get into it more later, but how did y'all become connected and like also like decide to make lots of music together, you know? We met through Nick Peace. Shout okay. out to Nick Peace. Okay. He kind of brought us together. Hell yeah. He was working there when I was, I was just getting sober, and Nick Peace knew me from high school, mm. and he was the guy who had a label that was working, and so mm-hmm. I, I felt... Me million, and the wife felt like we was ready to approach him about it. Million Dollar Dream? Yeah, Million Dollar Dream. Mm-hmm. Good job. Way to shout that out. So, yeah, he went to high school with Nick Peace, right? So, there was, and I was working with Dre, the whole Million Dollar Camp. And then um, I was doing Cigarillo's album. I wrote a hook for Blue Cry, like mm-hmm. one of the songs. And then he was like, uh, Nick was like, yeah, you should maybe get Mike Marshall singing. I was like, and I didn't understand, like, Mike Marshall, what are you talking about? You know, I didn't know who. I was like, oh, not that Mike Marshall, you know what I'm saying? Like, Tommy right, Social right, Club right. Bible, you know, all that had to come to me, like, so it was just like that, and it was just started connected. Then we started going on tour together. Yeah, we went out there with with, the, with Nick, and then we bonded off of that, and then Nick P said, why don't y'all do a project together? Oh. And that was lit. <laughs> that was Kim. And that was Keep Kim it moving. One. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. She just came together. Dope just, ass like, album. You know, just got deeper than music, you know what I'm saying? Like He... Like I said earlier, he surmises what I'm trying to say for the heads. Mm-hmm. And he really feels me because I don't really have to go back and be like, no, no, no that's, that's not the, the, the point that I'm coming from. Right. He always is on it like that. And then it turned out that I was doing the same thing with him. Mm. So then, yeah, it was, you know, kind of just in our heads like, well, this shit kind of works. That's dope. Yeah, the way he dope. writes is crazy. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's yeah hell yeah. Wow. <clears throat> so let's play Heartache. Y'all ain't ready. Uh-oh. <laughs> Produced by TDK. TD. For you. Man, till death do its part For those that swear they've been through it all There ain't no turning back once you're getting too involved They say true love's like a lesson never learned 
Embrace it all if you ever get a turn just to fall deep. Knowing it hurts to move on. You start to overlooking the reasons of who's wrong. Real love's the only way you describe it. Vibe in the mind, just drift off silence. Still communicating with no words. How it felt to fly free is soul search. Baby, I'm alive when you're smiling. Look at my picture. Thousand miles away, and yet I'm still with you now. That connection was never built easily. Earned it. We was on a whole other frequency. I remember we were stargazed. Think of the moon, and soon enough, my heart ache. Since I can't have you, I close my heart. From a distance, innocent with toughness And I must admit, I still don't know what love is Here and now and back then, I was really confused But acting confident when sitting with you Sharing political views, turn on the oldies and crews Feeling alone, Nina Simone with the blues But me and you laughing, many didn't understand our humor And even see us together in the future We didn't really care, at least we didn't show it Just giving and taking, but taking in every moment We would lay low, other couples would turn up People had opinions, but they didn't concern us We would just enjoy our time and go parlay Memories of us at times with my heart Since I can't have you, I close my heart
which was already open? No. Yeah, I just okay. opened it. Oh. Oh, yeah, it's good. He's trying to air it out. It's hot in here. So queasy. Heartache for you. <laughs> Go um, ahead. This, man, that's like a... Um, I was telling Measy like it's kind of a part two of a song I think called like Never Love Again right. that we, we had on Kim too because mm-hmm. it's kind of it's pretty much almost the same relationship I think mm. like when I write love songs keep it real like so, or whatever songs about women and my relationships it's not necessarily about one right it's just about what I've been through and you know you kind of mix up stories sometimes and things like that but this I mean this like heartache was kind of about like probably like my last ex that I had that really meant something to me. You know what I mean? Right. Like, yeah, that was yeah. So like for both of you, this is kind of a crazy question, but writing love songs and shit and putting them out there, do you ever get like calls from people being like, Was that about me? and like hella mad and shit, you know? <laughs> hey, to keep it real <laughs> I don't know if that's ever happened to me. But I know when I did that song with uh, Rapping Forte, um, he you. told me that uh, he was getting calls like, who's, who, 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 who's that for, me? <laughs> Do I miss you? I was, oh, my God. I hope I didn't get you in trouble, blood. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, I don't, I, don't, I don't think anyone's ever. But I've had fears of that. Because right. I've, right. I've written some songs just off the thing and like gotten some stuff from the past and brought it forward when I was married. And people thought that I was actually speaking about my wife. <laughs> right, because I was thinking about that because you were saying like sometimes it's not about like one person, but yeah, just like just the story. feelings that you get from yeah. different parts of time yeah. and shit. Or just right. an imagined story. That's my guy. What's up, Millie? Mm-hmm. Shout out just a feeling that came you, know, you get from those different situations. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, it's different. You know what I mean? It's like... Uh, Sometimes you'll get like <clears throat> little things like a text message or something. Like, I like track number nine. <laughs> oh, that's deep. I'd be like, and then I have to look what track number nine is. And I'm like, that's a skit. Yeah, you would like that. You know what I mean? like, because there's certain things that you say in songs that are just undeniable. Like, if I right. say something like, we drank lavender, we drank lavender chamomile yeah, tea. Yeah, that's great. You know what I mean? Specific. That's real. You know what I'm saying? And if you did that more than once, you just outed yourself. Right, right. You get three texts, like. <laughs> I, I like that. I like that. I like, yeah, because you had chamomile tea with all three of them. Like, they all know that's your favorite tea or whatever. <laughs> Busted. Oh, Busted. Shit. Oh, well. All right. Well, thank you guys for answering that. Um, next one is I don't want to hurt no um, more. Oh, wow. I don't want to hurt no more. This album gets crazier and crazier. Yeah, these songs are. Beep, 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 boop, boop, boop. Coming down 
Is it a sin to be chasing paper? I can't count my niggas dying lately. Whoa. It's the grave or incarceration. I know you're hurt, but you can't replace them. You go and dig a hole and erase them. You just created a smaller nation. Hey, jail cell is always waiting. Look at all the progress you're making. I really hope that you're kind of patient. You're facing 25, no probation. Two for one is multiplication. Yeah, your freedom is all they take. Yeah, is it best to be dead or pacing? Oh, cause you couldn't take it. If there's a place where I can get away, where I can get away, I keep my head to the sky and try to maintain my pace. If I don't, then I won't. Somebody gonna take my place. Yeah, yeah. No need to go too fast, cause I know a little time it takes. My situation's bad, I'll be jacking soon at this rate. It's a plain and simple fact you face If you're broke, you hurt most From all the bullshit you take hey, I
said I don't want to hurt no more. I don't want to hurt no more. I can hear it as it's fading into the uh, as it broke down into the then pop back out. I was like, oh, we come to the end. I love that song, man. What helps you not hurt no Wait, wait, what'd you say? What helps you not hurt no Oh, this good old weed. For sure. Weed. For sure. Before that, I was numbing myself with some narcotic that was whack. I stopped it for this weed, and it's been green ever since. Life's good. I got 15 years clean and sober. I'm not going back. This weed Congratulations. is work, bro. This weed is fine. Smoke it until you go to sleep, for Christ's sake. So why did you choose to do that song? Uh, Nate Dogg and I, mm-hmm. in my opinion, are the true R&B, uh, uh, hip-hop singing guys from California. You know, somebody asked me in the interview I was doing earlier today, did I know of anybody else who did the kind of thing I did before me? And because of the game Queasy gave me, um, making music with your mouth, Biz Markie and that guy. And I couldn't, TJ Swan. In this other interview, I couldn't remember TJ's name, but that's who it is. TJ was doing that. That's what that was, what they were doing. But here in California, it's only been two guys, Mm -hmm. maybe a third one. But he didn't have no hits. He didn't have no hits, though. He had hood hits, but he didn't have no, like, hits. You know what I mean? But me and Nate, we did that. Now, Nate got a lot of hit songs, hood and radio. Mm -hmm. But I have more number ones. Mm, okay. He's cool. got a lot of hits on, but he's he's got fire hooks. Yeah. Shit that I walk around singing. I don't sing other people's stuff like that. You know what I mean? Right. I'm very competitive in that sense. You know what I mean? But uh, him, I had to learn how to do his style, and it took me a long time to do this because I wanted to do it, you know, proper. I wanted to make sure I incorporated how he was doing his thing and what he was trying to get across, but also do my blend of harmonies over his song and it made me feel good doing it I, I like it and I hope his family hears it and um, reaches out to me because I, I think that you know Nate's son is is around and he's doing music but if that if that label or if that community if that whole demographic still wants to continue in that same vein they have the producers I, ca- I can't replace Nate but I'm a great sub you can put me in coach I'm still here I'm ready to go. That's all. I, that's pretty much why I wanted to do that song, so that they can hear what I do, because I just killed that. And that was a Nate song. I don't know if anybody else could have killed that. Hell yeah, you definitely killed that. Rest in rest in peace, Nate. Yeah, R.I.P. Nate. Let's hear "Time Flies." Oh boy. <laughs>
flies we're back so oh that door uh so that was the song we were talking about earlier time flies where we um monk you had the beat and he brought lyrics back from you said 96 yeah yeah those germany years we talked about earlier wow that's crazy so how does that feel being a part of this project first of all and you know work with the uh, pioneers, you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. in the Bay Area, you know what I mean, musicians, all the dope, you know what I'm saying, for them to like, listen to like, music I make in my room and shit. No <laughs> doubt. You know what I'm saying, <laughs> and them like, like, be inspired by it, it's dope, man. You know what mm-hmm. what I'm Funny how time flies, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we were no, we were trying to, like, we were like, what was the name of the sample? Uh, <laughs> Janet. Okay. Yes, right. But anyways, yeah. yeah. But yeah, it's dope because we took the Janet inspiration and then we we combined a bunch of different other. Yeah, different the uh, melody from uh, what was the dude's name? Um, I think she knows how I feel. I'll be sure. I'll be sure. I'll be sure. Yeah. Mm. I'll be sure. Mm-hmm. That's dope. <laughs> That's a mixture of I'll be sure and the yeah yeah. That's just crazy. And so y'all all kind of got linked up through Queasy. Yes, for sure. Originally, yeah, we, we linked through Queasy. Mm-hmm. I came through the Queasy uh, spot nice. on the, with the mobile lab. You had the mobile up, lab. Yeah, pull up anywhere. You know what I'm saying? We just whoop. <laughs> You're not wasting no time. Huh? Set up shop real quick. No, he wanted to get it done. Yeah, he, he was on my helmet. Man, I can bring it. No. <laughs> like, no, I'm here yeah. right now. Let's go. Yeah, I'm glad he came though, because that immediately when he played it, I was like, "Oh, that will work for time will fly away." Yeah, that's, yeah. that's perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, yeah, definitely. He we recorded there, and then we I think we he re-recorded the vocals again. Mm-hmm. You know, what I'm saying cleaned them up, and then uh, and then we got the song mixed, and then I went back in and even did some more extra additional production to it, and like added like you know just additional keys and percussion. The little clock in there, you know what I'm saying? And y'all worked on all the production together, Everclear? Uh, no, uh, Time Flies I did by myself. Okay. And, and, and Tell Me. Uh, Everclear and myself did Tell Me. Tell Me. We heard that one earlier. That one slapped. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right on, bro. Thank you. Actually, we made that beat from a while back. Yeah, Talking we to the mic. We, we, we had the beat, like, I think, it, like, it usually, it start, that beat started off, I think I might have had to, like, flip the sample first, you know what I'm saying, the guitar sample, and then from there, it started off, and then, like, I, I, I like, had the, the sample, and then maybe, like, a kick and a snare, mm-hmm. and then, like, like had Everclear come in, and he's like, okay, yeah, 
Maybe we add some more snares here, then we add this here, you know, and we get add percussion, then he gets on the keys and he starts killing the keys. So this we was sent it to Mike. This was after Time Flies and y'all were making this beat for Mike. Yeah, yeah. We, we were in the zone where we were like, okay, we gotta cause Mike will initially we initially we were like, Oh yeah, we gotta like work on a project together, you know what I'm saying? Cause mm-hmm. it was like, All right, let's do this together, you know what I mean? And Everclear is like, you know what I mean, my brody, you know what I'm saying? That's my partner in crime as far as production, you know what I'm saying? Hell so yeah. Anything I'm doing like oh, that I'm involved in I'm you know always like reach out to him and get him yeah, bring him in with me you know what I'm saying you know what I'm saying so five years you've been working together yeah that's dope years. as fuck yes yeah, yeah it's been a so minute man. Time, man just doing production think we see where it's gonna go and so over time now we're working with like you know big artists like you know crypto and mm-hmm. being a part of that it's an honor, watching, man. Yeah, I remember watching rumors. I was waking up at VH1 watching those days. I was like, you know, five <laughs> yeah. years old. I remember, yeah. That's like, I can tell my mom and my dad. I tell my mom and my dad, yeah, I, I, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm on the dude. I'm working with the guy who did rumors. They're like, what? Yeah. That's that's the era. Era. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's the era. They listen to that. You know what I mean? They know about that. They like, oh wow, that's that's dope. I told my uncle, he was like, what? Oh shit. So, like, so what's that like as producers? Like the difference, you know what I'm saying? But making like beats like for years just to make them, and then like now you're like, you know, you have to step up to the plate and make a beat for like someone who's ex- you know very experienced and knows well, music and shit. So what's pressure. the difference? It's you know pressure I mean? because like even with like the baseline like that we had on one of the songs, <laughs> Mike. Calls it. He's like, "Yo, that's off beat." I mean, that's out of key. You feel me? And he's like, he gets his back. You know what I'm saying? Like that's as a singer, you can kind of feel that because it was kind of getting in the way. Yeah, and that's how that's how dope of a musician he is. Where he he hears the simplest thing, like, "Oh, that's that." It's like it it was like a turnaround, and it was just like a a little out of key. You know what I'm saying? And he heard that shit. You know what I mean? And we went back in, we we altered it, and made sure it was right. Everclear. Gotta get it. <laughs> I'll do it, I'll do it, man. I'll do it. But I'm just doing that to make sure it sounds right. We didn't just do it like a few minutes. I could do it like within a few minutes, but since it's going to be on Mike Music Project, we got to make sure it's That's right. what I wanted to yeah. express. Yeah. 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 Let's, let's yeah. tighten it up a little, just a little bit. It's, it's not major. Just a little bit. I was going to try to live with it. I was cool. I was, But uh, but Deegan <laughs> said, Deegan said, hey, bro, yeah, either we're going to fix it or I'm going to leave it out. Yeah, yeah. I said, well, what's it sound like with it out? Yeah, <laughs> and then he played, and I was like, Nah, they won't feel that. Let me let me call them Let's and tell them this we line. gotta get it fixed. Right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's the game, though. That's how you. That's how it, you know people build. Yeah, that's, it, that's how you build, and you and you gotta challenge yourself really real, to become though. better. You know what I'm saying? Right. And, and really, and that's how you really get to like when you get those type of opportunities to really work with really good musicians. You know what I mean? That's that's when you get the really. Like the opportunity to grow, yeah. Really, because you get challenged. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And it's like when you get challenged, you got to come to the plate. And if you don't come to the plate, then you know what I'm saying? You miss that opportunity. Right. Exactly, exactly. And you miss all the shots that you don't take. Right. Exactly. And you got to sit the bench. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hell no, nah, man. I, 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 I've never been that type of person, man. <laughs> no, nah, like, you at the plate, it, bro. Let's get this. Let's get it. <laughs> you know, hundred <laughs> after hundred. <laughs> I'm glad they believed in me. They could be giving their tracks to anybody. They want to give it to the LG. I'm, so I'm like, hey, I'm down. Nah, and I'll shoot all my best joints I got. It don't matter. I love working with singers, man. Like mm. that's like rappers. I love rappers too. Uh, Hip hop is a foundation, our backbone. But you do have a musical background, like Kim. So you guys do make musical stuff. So a singer yeah. will grasp to it. Who will, you know, come to it? Hell yeah. Them two tracks. I mean, come on. Those are musical singing tracks. Yeah, they got something special. Mm-hmm. Like this Thank song. You. Oh, like, 
So queasy, uh, something special. That was first on uh, Kim One, right? Yeah, actually, the I think this is when well, Easy's gonna touch on that, obviously. But yeah, there's a song called Something Special. <laughs> it's a different type of beat. You know what I'm saying? Right. But, and you're on it. And yeah, on Kim One, and it was produced by uh, Nick Peace. Okay. But this one, Measy, is this 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 some <laughs> some special is uh. 
Something special. Germany? Yes. The lyrics the lyrics we did were on um, Kim 1. And you know what? Oh, my God. I just realized it. Those lyrics were written by Nick Peace. The lyrics are? What? Nick wrote that because I wasn't feeling, that, <laughs> I wasn't feeling his track for it. Right, right. Yeah, it was kind of different. The one that Nick did, a version of it. Right. So he wrote those lyrics to don't, 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 don't. Remember that one? Mm-hmm. It was a, definitely a, uh, it seemed like it was under Nick Attenia track because it kind of, so if, it, it definitely reminded me of that one with that lady laughing. Anyway, yeah, those are Nick's lyrics. He wrote those. Right. I sang his lyrics. But um, I worked with that producer in Germany, I told you, who had the number one hit called Your Body, Tom Novi. Right. That's Tom's remix of that song. He asked for me to send him some acapella lyrics. The one so we I just sent him played those. is the remix. Yeah. Okay, cool. Something special. Right but the original one is on Kim One. Lyrics written by Nick Peace. Yeah, we were just talking about Sorry, that. Nick. <laughs> he didn't write my lyrics, though. I, I wrote <laughs> my rap. Hell oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Oh, that's right. Crazy rap on the original one. That's a baby. Crazy. Yeah. Is that that one? Yes. <laughs> Bounce it back. <laughs> yeah, I wrote that. <laughs> I admit he, it. He was trying to fit in with the track. It was kind of deep, that's though. That's all I could do here. Don't, baby, don't, baby, don't, pass don't, it back. Don't, don't. So this next song is called San Francisco. Um, on the hush. Do you want to? T- <laughs> do you want to tell us about your? Connection to San Francisco before or after it? No, let me tell, say it first because okay. it might, it might, you know, invoke some emotion for people when they hear it. Definitely. Okay, so working with Queasy mm. um, introduced me to the city. Dope. I, I didn't fuck with the city before that. I'm from Berkeley. Mm-hmm. When I was younger, <laughs> when I was younger, I was afraid of San Francisco because I thought I would get lost here. Mm. And then I thought getting home from San Francisco would be some kind of crazy mission because of the water. So I always had a fear of it. And then that grew into my high school and then junior college years. So I really wasn't over here. But all of my friends were. Really? All of my boys got a place over here one time. So I had to come over here regularly. And guess where that was? Where? Over there on the Upper Haight. Oh, so right, right up On hill. Webster. Off of Webster and... and uh, In like the 90s and shit? Yes. Damn. My boy had a little piece of spot over there. And so I was always over there, but I was always in the house. But um, the point I'm trying to make is um, (laughs) Queasy introduced me to San Francisco, Mm. and I kind of fell in love with it. Mm. And then Frisco embraced me twice. When I, they found out I was working with Queasy, when he brought me into the circle, Mm -hmm. I I got embraced by this community of of rappers and musicians. Mm -hmm. Out of the respect for Queasy, because Queasy had love for me, I got a lot of people showed me love. And then after I got divorced, and another um, circle of people in San Francisco showed me love too. That would, really meant a lot when I after I went through my divorce. So I already got love for San Francisco. I remember this song when I was younger. Uh, like I said, I'm from Berkeley. I was born in the '60s, mm-hmm. so I remember hearing that song on the radio. And but I really remember it from San Quentin. Mm. You know, right? So, the same friend. Yeah. 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 And you know, they tweaked it and sampled it. But there's a movie coming out, and that song is going to be in the movie. And the San Quentin one? No. Oh, the, 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 one. The, the one that I just did. Yeah. The one that's about to play. Yeah. yeah the one, yes, the one that's about to play. We haven't done it yet. Just the lyrics of it will be in the movie because I'll be singing it to one of the characters in the movie. But when they gave me the idea, they gave me this music. Okay. And they said, this is what we kind of want you to sing 
those lyrics over this. So mm -hmm. I went and listened to the, the the song, and then I kind of figured out how he was doing it, and then I did it over this music. But it was just one track. So when we did it in the movie, they didn't even use the music. They just had me singing it a cappella on the street, oh, like a homeless okay. dude, right? Get for money, right? That's right. the character, right? right? So I went back in the studio with that music, and I sang it the best that I could with that vibe. Because I wanted to show appreciation to San Francisco. I got, I got love for Frisco. Berkeley's Damn. mad about that. They really mad about it. They're mad. I got love for Berkeley. <laughs> I got love for Frisco. Oh man, that's what's up. That's love. All right, here we go. San Francisco. You Frisco. Uh, Frisco, love you too. That's what's up. That was <coughs> that was a great rendition, man. Man, that album, that album's fucking on hit, man. We definitely loving that album, Grown and Sexy. Thank you for coming. No I really problem. appreciate you uh, being here. Thanks and for having me. Going through the whole album like that. We haven't done that in a while. That was dope. Yeah, it was a great idea. I loved it too. I appreciate it too. It opens it up for people to understand what it is. Mm -hmm. And we got this recorded too. I'll send it to you. So nice. That'll be dope. Look for the CD coming uh, in December. Okay, cool. As soon as I finish figuring out what I'm going to do for the credits. Until then, where can people uh, access it? On uh, Pandora, Spotify, iTunes, and it'll be up in Bandcamp sometime this week. Michael okay. Marshall. Michael Marshall. Michael Marshall. Not Mike, it's Michael Marshall. 
real quick before we get out of here what's uh what's next you know what i mean for you maybe for kim too I, I, 